Community Radio Kilkenny City text line on 086-353-7782 is sponsored by taxback.com. Jim Cashin with offside. And Sean Maguire is the hero of the day and the hero of the run that brought them to the Aviva. And good evening and you're welcome to Offside, your weekly soccer programme here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City. Uh, Thanks as always to Morris O'Connor for another edition of Kilkenny Today. Morris will be back with us again on Friday evening. I'm joined in the studio by my two usual protagonists. Bear Scott, how are you, Bear? I'm good, Jim. Thank well, God. Some, uh, some action in the Premier League over the weekend. Oh, yeah, I saw me in action. Some, yeah. <laughs> Liam, Kelly O'Rourke, how are you, Liam? Not too bad, Jim, and yourselves? Not too bad, yeah, no. yeah. A great, some great stuff that we can get our teeth into. Absolutely. A what a game at the bridge on Sunday as well. Yeah, it was a great game, yeah. And in great fairness, game. Kovacic, brilliant strike. I, I didn't like it as a Liverpool supporter, but the yeah. connection he made behind the ball was superb. It was the only time, I think, I, it's a long time since I saw a game played by two teams and the big winner wasn't playing in the match. That was yeah, nice. Um, a little bit later on we will be looking back at all the all things Premier League um, we'll also bear the FA Cup the, oh. the first round of the day or the third round of the FA Cup now there's three I think you'll forgive me for saying there's three generations in a way <laughs> sitting here yourself myself and Liam Liam would have a lot of apathy towards the, yeah, the FA no. Cup but he's a young lad he doesn't remember the glory days of the. so we'll be looking back at some of our uh, fondest memories oh, of uh, in the FA Cup and um We'll ask you if any have any memories or anything that you'd like to share or any other contributions you'd like to make to the programme. As always, our taxback.com text line is 86 That's 86 um, normally we start with all things local um, unfortunately with the way the world is at the moment and the way the country is with Covid um, we, we, we're heading into a second um, weekend in a row f- with no junior football in Kilkenny um, I was talking to um, to John Corrigan yesterday and indeed to Tom Mullins today and in fairness to the lads look at it you mean there's an awful lot of clubs there that no different than a lot of the businesses downtown that are closed because they just don't have the staff well a lot of the clubs at the moment just we struggling to field the teams you know what I mean and everything so it made sense for the lads to to have last Sunday off Uh, they're doing the same this Sunday now there there was rumours doing around on social media last night that that the league was closing down for the whole month of January but uh, I I can tell you that's not the case it may end, it may end up happening, but hopefully it won't. And and maybe another week and a half, you know, hopefully Sunday week, that um, a lot of clubs, a lot of lads will be back. The clubs will be back in. A, you may not have everyone, but you'll be back with enough to. Um, to be able to fulfil fixtures as we spoke to John Corrigan last Tuesday night you know we we do have a little bit of leeway like obviously in the the Premier Division he will be you know he couldn't afford to have too many weekends off but in the other divisions um, most of them are are, are, are well ahead of schedule just to mention that the schoolboys of course which is a massive um, part of the football in Kilkenny they're back this weekend after the after the Christmas break so they're going ahead on Saturday all the even numbers 12s up to up to 16s and uh, I was in touch with Miller today, so the plan is to is to go ahead and 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 play him. So that's yeah. uh, that's good. It's good for yeah. the young lads, you know. It is of course. Yeah. It's good for the young lads. So unfortunately, sure, we don't really have anything else then on the on the local scene. I had something um, lined up for for hope for the for the for a ten minutes, but it didn't. It it fell through. But and when I started when we started doing the the planning for the program, then I realised God, so there's so much there's so much yeah. to discuss. Uh, Jim, I I was asked the other day on the street just. Uh, John mentioned that 
in passing the last night he was on that there's no Oscar trainer this year that that there's is no, just yeah there's no Oscar trainer this year it's just the, the, the um, FAI just made that decision when um, the last one wasn't finished either the one yeah. said the one you say we got to the final in, in, in 19 and we got to the final in 18 and then said 20 stroke 21 you see that's when it all got yeah. mixed up with COVID and, and John McLean Johnny the dub was over the team John and, and Conor O'Neill and they were desperately unlucky because they had actually reached the semi-final stage of it but the competition wasn't well, completed yeah, shall, yeah. so then when they came back this year and I suppose with all the uncertainty with regard to COVID and no one really knew what was happening the FAI just decided that the Oscar Trainer Trophy wouldn't be competed yeah. for this so it's not that anyone has pulled out of it or withdrawn from yeah. it it's just, just that the FAI just decided not to, not to go ahead with it um, probably it's probably going to be a blessing for the league in, in a sense now looking at if they're going to be losing a few weekends now at least you know those Oscar trainer weekends will won't that would have yeah. normally yeah. taken up Sundays with, with, which would have been Premier Division fixtures yeah, course, mainly yeah. you know what I mean but um, hopefully next Tuesday night we'll be back and we'll have a we'll have a, a full fixture <laughs> list of, of the following weekend to, to look forward to just uh, it's just something quickly locally um, Kill, um, Killian Cantwell is a local chap and he's been playing his trade in different clubs in the League of Ireland over the last seven or eight seasons but he's after signing for, for Waterford United so we'll have another Kilkenny player to keep an eye on when the when the new League of Ireland season starts um, lads I suppose look at one thing caught me eye yesterday I said it to you outside, outside in the canteen you know you're getting old well Liam you don't <laughs> but myself and Bear do <laughs> I was reading the paper this morning and Stoke were playing Preston yesterday in the in the championship and uh, Stoke had a gentle a young lad on the on the bench and his name was Demargio Wright Phillips, a grandson of Ian Wright. <laughs> so for all the Ian lads now that are my vintage or a little bit older or a little bit younger, if you want to feel really old, Ian Wright's grandson is now a professional footballer. Uh, and uh, it seems like only yesterday he was banging in the goals uh, himself. Unfortunately I'm dealing with great grands. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Look at you know, we'll get stuck into the Premier League stuff because we've a lot to get through and as I said we want to do our little FA Cup feature a little bit later on. Um look at let's start at the top. Um you know, Man City, Leem you know, they were, I think lads, it's fair to say they won 2-1 away to Arsenal on um, on Saturday and, you know, they were very lucky, but they got the result and they got the points. They were very lucky now because it was the 12.30 kickoff, which I just despised because of the timing of it. Uh, I only saw the highlights, but from what I saw, Arsenal showed some signs of quality. There were signs that they were a team that were, you know, really, really good on the ball. But it just it was inexperience there, Sean, and you know some irrational decisions to say the least. And um, I, I think our, it felt like a game that Arsenal lost rather than Man City won. Man City hung in there; they used their experience and they got the three points without being vintage City. It's it's a very hard one to take. I mean, I thought the the Arsenal defence really should have done better for the Rodri goal at the end. I thought it was a bit yeah. lacklustre. But look, it, it means nothing now at this stage. Pep Guardiola. He picked up the three points and he got the best possible result the following day. So Manchester City, they're not going to be caught. I mean, six, seven points, you'd give Liverpool and Chelsea a chance. 11, 12 points now. There's really, really no hope. But Man City done on Saturday what Manchester United done for years under Ferguson. Not play well and find a way to win. And 
look at you have to credit them you know they, you know they they, uh. like, they got the rub of the green they, they you know Arsenal should have had a penalty if VAR had a had a had a second had to yeah, give the referee I, I, a second I, look yeah, I didn't actually see any of it I couldn't comment I only saw the highlights I, I just read that that they yeah. could have had a penalty but, they, but they're they're just digging out like yeah. it's not, like everyone associates Man City with this you know flowing yeah. football and winning matches three and four and five nil and hockey and teams and everything but they're able to do the dirty stuff as well remember they they, they ground out a one nil win away to Brentford only three or day, four yeah. days beforehand True. and ultimately if you ask any manager you ask Guardiola they're the points that really give you the, yeah, the satisfaction they're the points you know, that win, win they the are, they're the points that win leagues you know yeah. what I mean um, Liam you know looking at from an Arsenal point of view I know you've you've watched them closely and, and they are heading in the right direction to be fair right, you take the inexperience factor into it Granite Zaka, you know, another head case, yeah. couple of times. But he's a decent player. If well, only he's a good player. If only yeah, he'd, he's um, a good player. You know, I thought to send enough. I thought your man, the, the Brazilian chap, Gabriel, like to get a second yellow card a minute after getting one for Mountain, like that's inexcusable. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, and just and I think it was just after the City goal as well. Yeah. So I mean, it just that it comes back to my original point. Inexperience was being shown there, and look. I, I think back well I don't think back because I'm not old enough but I know of the stories of the class of 92 and the fact that that period that they got the blend right between experienced players and the youth that they were developing that's yeah. just something that Arsenal are missing they have a lot of talent I'm a huge fan of Emil Smith-Rowe but they're kind of like you're not really going to go to someone like Granat Xhaka as an older figure for experience and advice because he is you know rash and he makes odd decisions so that's all that Arsenal are missing but the quality is there Mikel Arteta I look everyone knows I had my doubts about him not about his coaching abilities, but about his managerial abilities. He's proven me wrong. I have egg on my face. And I do think Arsenal, a bit like when Jurgen Klopp went to Liverpool in 2016, in four or five years' time, if they make the right transfers, they could be competing for a Premier League. And, they, and they're, like, they're very much in the hunt for this top four spot and they're going to be, they're, 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 yeah. they're, they're, you know, they're in a serious... It'd be well, a great are, achievement yeah. for them to get back into I, the Champions I think League. they'll definitely be there. At that. I actually think they'll get that fourth spot. Yeah, but whether they do or they don't are going to be in, in the fight for it you know. the other two games played on Saturday quickly before we go to the first break um, Spurs left it late away to Watford um, it was a poor game you know they probably just about done enough to win it got a goal in the 93rd or whatever it was minute but um, Bear, you know I think Spurs I fancy Spurs for that fourth spot that's the way you know I think Conte is going yeah. to be a huge as the season progresses I think Conte's influence yeah. is going to be <coughs> really can, felt you can see it there right from the start he's, he's a winner Conte yeah, you know? yeah. and you can, the players are definitely uh, have improved. Their performances have improved since Conte came well, on. They were the seriously underachieving. Ah, like. they were. They you were. Know. They had much better players than you said, and they were shown. But anyway, they'll, they'll well, be yeah, there as well. Like Liam, you know, you know, they they dug it out. They didn't play that particularly well. But similar to the to the comments we made about Man City, they got the they got the three points, and that ultimately is all that counts. Yeah, and look, that's what Spurs have been missing in their locker for many years. When they're not playing well, it just it can turn really bad really quickly. It was a terrible game. I saw a good chunk of it. There was oh, no was quality at all. Shocking, yeah. It was such a bad three o'clock game. Yeah. You'd be better off doing anything else. But uh, no, look, Spurs won't care. They got the three points. In fairness, if you're looking for positives, they show great character to win it like they did and they'll just move on to the next game. Watford are doomed and we've said that before. Yeah, it was a shocking bad game. I had the misfortune to watch of having to watch most of it. <clears throat> the half-five game, having said that, now we kind of restored our fate a little bit. Kind of West Ham won 3-2 to Palace roared into a 3-0 lead Palace 
I've said this to you a few times, lads. Palace are actually a much better side than the results that they get. They were 3-0 down again, West Ham. But they were actually playing quite well, well you know yeah. what I mean? Now, West Ham... But then Palace made a bit of a fight back in the second half. But, um, you know, West Ham are still... You know, they're, they're, they're nicking, they're they're nicking they're the they're results. Yeah. They're nicking uh, the results. Yeah. Well, Moyes must be very happy in himself. I, I think, you know, one or two extra players coming in there make a big difference. Yeah, well, I'm wondering, will they spend a few quid in January, Liam? West Ham. Um, I think they need to because, yeah, because look, the squad strength. It's it's not that it's the it's the numerical strength yeah. of the squad is is probably what's letting them down. Yeah. Well, it, look, it depends what way you look at it. If West Ham want to remain the same type of club they have been for many years and they have two or three seasons maybe where they're competing for European places and then they're in a relegation battle come the fourth season, then they can carry on as they are. But if they want to get to that next level, they're not going to get to it with that current crop of players uh, as well as they've done. They just haven't got enough in the squad. I wonder will Jesse Lingard <coughs> um, end up with West Ham in this transfer I window? Think so. I think I think he'd be a great signing for West Ham. Yeah, he would be a, a great signing. I think he'd ease a lot of the goal scoring yeah. pressure off of Antonio on one or two of the others. He opted to go back to United. United were looking for him and that. Yeah, and I think he thought he was going to get in there. Mm. Yeah, but, but I don't he think hasn't. So. I think he'd be a big help. I think he would be a big addition to West Ham. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. The other if thing, happened. of course, is are West Ham going to hang on to Declan Rice? Ah, well, I think they'll hang on to him in this transfer window yeah. <clears throat> but I think they'll have an awful job to hold yeah. on to him next summer I think it's uh, it'll be it's odds on that, that, that Declan Rice clubs are going to come looking well I'd imagine I'd imagine like I mean if, and we'll be discussing after the break the, the weekly uh, Manchester United tale of woe but I mean <laughs> Declan Rice would be a very, very obvious yeah, uh, signing, a very, yeah. very obvious, obvious target for Manchester yeah. United. Look, we might want to give someone like Declan Rice as much praise as he deserves because of our history as Irish supporters, yeah. but I am a huge fan of him. Yeah. There's better technical players than Declan Rice, but ah, he yeah, just but feels like he has such a command in the midfield. He's a real, it feels like a traditional midfield player, so he wouldn't be a bad bit of business, and at least he has a bit of character about him. Yeah, absolutely. That and can't be said for the United squad at the, the moment. Oh, well, we'll be coming to that. In a little bit. I suppose we, we'll take a break when we come back we'll be looking back at last Sunday's games and the game that was played last night with particular emphasis on Stamford Bridge and Old Trafford oh, he's got it. Jim Cashin with offside Sean McGuire gets the goal CRKC text line on 086 353 is sponsored by taxback.com you're welcome back to Offside, your weekly soccer program here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. It's uh, 23 minutes past six. Once again, our taxback.com text line is 086 353 7782. There's a few coming in there. We'll get to them as, uh, as the program <coughs> progresses. Uh, on to Sunday, lads, just gone. Um, we'll run through the first few of them quickly. Brentford, lads, they're showing great character, Brentford, ain't they? I, I, I think, you know, there's something about them. I think. Um, you know they don't know when they're beaten. They don't ever give up, and they went one nil down against Villa. But they and, and Villa were the better side for the first half an hour or so. But they came back and nicked it right at the at the end. And um, you know they they really are kind of cementing that mid-table spot Liam and it looks like they're going to hold on to it for the rest of the season Yeah I've said before I think Brentford are almost like the model that Norwich would love to be they have that kind of exciting part to their game where they're able to attack you know there was a game I think it was Arsenal on the first night of the season where they just caught them and they had their game planned to a tee Norwich would have, you know, haven't got the quality of players to do that, but it's the type of game they'd like to play. They've just been a joy to watch. I think the atmosphere at the Community Stadium as well really adds to the to their Premier League adventure. And I mean, 
I don't know they'll probably be in the Premier League for three or four seasons and it'll catch up with them yeah, but yeah. we'll enjoy their run and I tell you they won't be bullied or they won't go down with any lack of effort whatsoever they're a great club to watch Villa are going to be alright as well Bear, but that would have been a disappointing result and they would be disappointed would it? but you're dead right they will be alright you know, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll get enough points to stay mid-table and Brentford are having a great season and uh, one club who are definitely not having a great season after making a, re- a reasonable start is Everton and they were beaten again at the weekend they were beaten 3-2 at home to um, home to Brighton they were you know I think they were 2-0 down weren't they and 3-1 yeah. down and um, that's Benitez in trouble there isn't he the fan, the fan, he was always going to have to do something spectacular to win over the fans anyway you know allowing for his Liverpool connections but uh, he's in trouble there Bear well he's in trouble but I have to say this now, this is, I believe that Benitez is a top manager. Yeah, and he he, he's not having a great time with Everton, but oh. a lot of things have sort of mitigated against him. Injuries and COVID and what have you. But fans are fickle, and they will get rid of him if they can. Yeah. But I think they should leave him alone. And I uh, see they've signed two players today, which mm. I think could be two full-backs, which I'm beginning to think Seamus Coleman's days are coming to an be- end. best days are behind Well, he doesn't them. do anything to anybody. Oh, no, anyway, he Seamus doesn't Coleman. know anyone, is right. And he's yeah. still a great captain with Everton, even yeah. if he's not playing. He's, you can see him on the line urging the lads on. But I think if they leave him alone, I think they've got enough points early in the year to just get him. But they would be in serious trouble. Yeah, well, I I have to disagree with you slightly. I don't think I don't think Rafa Benitez is a great manager. I think he's a decent manager. I mean, you, you look at his CV. Well, I, I didn't say I said he's a top manager. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you look at his CV. Valencia done a very good job. Liverpool did half a decent job. Never really delivered bar one season in the Premier League, and even then they blew it. Um, at Inter Milan, it was a disaster. Done a very good job at Chelsea, and Real Madrid was a disaster. And hence, why in 2022 we're sitting here and he's the manager of Everton all due respect to Everton they're not a top club so oh, they are they are they are a top club if, they uh, might be down the dumps now, but they are a they're top a, club they're a big club yeah. but you wouldn't say that an elite manager should be going there so that's where I would say well, Rafa isn't who, an elite I'll manager I'll tell you who the next manager of Everton oh, will be the man that's doing a great job with Derby County at the moment in an impossible situation yeah. in the championship Wayne Rooney yeah. that'd be I, some I, story yeah. be some I, story but don't be I'm telling well, you I know, well Rooney was always an Everton yeah yeah and he's, right and, he's, and he's still loved at Everton yeah, oh, he would, if love he it. does a really good job for the rest of this season with Derby County don't be surprised if Rooney gets the Everton job just while we're on Everton so we have a text in on our taxback.com text line Agent Rafa taking Everton down they really are a basket case of a club Uh, Newcastle will make uh, major significant signings in this transfer window and Everton to replace them in the bottom three that's some shout look I don't think that's going to happen look it's possible I will say it's definitely possible but I don't think it will happen I think they'll they'll have enough I think um, I think for all Newcastle fans and we'll, we'll just touch on it briefly um, I think the, the the 30 million euros that it looks like that they're signing Kieran Trippier, you know, England international fullback, 31 years of age, 150 grand a week. I fear for Newcastle that there's going to be a lot of these type of signings for Newcastle. These lads coming to the end of their tether and they're in for their one last big payday. And uh, I'm not so sure Kieran Trippier is the kind of signing that the Newcastle fans yeah. had their had their <laughs> hopes pinned on lads. Yeah. That different type of players in mind. The, uh, the one thing I will say is this, and I'm I'm well known for my ignorance and lack of knowledge on many things. <laughs> I will hold my hands up and say I would reserve judgment a bit on Kieran Trippier. 
you know, we have we, we probably don't see La Liga every week in this yeah. part of the world. We remember his he time as far as... He's a decent player. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying... We don't really know, know what he's doing It's 30 there. million. That's my point is to keep him. It's 30, yeah. it's 30 million for a 31-year-old fullback. That, that's my point. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this, this is what I fear. Newcastle come knocking and there's going to be, oh. you know, there's going to be mad money paid for some players, lads. Lads, Sunday evening, uh, Chelsea 2, Liverpool 2. Liverpool raced into a 2-0 lead. No coincidence that their two men, Mana and Saleh, scored the goals, flew off to the African Nations Cup afterwards. But Chelsea got two wonderful goals. And the first half in particular of this game, Liam, was as good as we've ever seen in the Premier League. Even when Chelsea were 2-0 down, they were playing well. It just had that feeling of a top game where, you know... From one to eleven, like down the Premier League has gone through stages down through the years when there's been some really there's been a lot of low quality and then the quality has risen the last number of years. That was a real high quality game where from one to eleven, both sets of defences, both sets of attacks and the midfields were all, you know, top class players that would compete for any major trophy. Before before anything happened, and I mean anything yeah. happened. What about Mr. Mane? Yeah, he could easily have been sent off Lee. Um like I mean, yeah. that's that you now, know. Now I've seen red cards given. Don't wear your Liverpool hat now when you're answering this. No, yeah. I think it was a red card, and I think yeah. the fact that it was what twenty seconds into the game got him got him away. A red card is a red card in the first minute or the thirtieth minute. Oh, it doesn't or the last matter. Minute. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And it would have been a, obviously would have probably yeah. ruined the game or whatever. And and listen, to be fair, it's hard to blame the referee yeah, well, for not sending him off. That, that, you, you could imagine if you were the referee yeah. the first thing you crash your mind if I put this man off now I'm going to destroy this match yeah. you know and I'd say that did yeah to be fair to the referee yeah. you could understand him not giving the mm. red card a bit of common sense it's no, only when they, it's, you know but but it could very easily have been yeah. given no but one would have wanted him to go off no, for no, the game no, no. but it was a terrific match. And yeah. lads, what absolutely a, what about Kovac's goal? Like, I mean, in fairness to Kelleher, he done well, he came, he got his punch, he cleared, yeah. he cleared his lines, yeah, you know. Did. But what a strike from Kovac. Yeah. What a goal. Yeah. What a goal. Oh, no, yeah, look, any time a lad scores a goal like that, I always think it's a bit of a fluke about it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he meant, he, he, it worked out. Yeah, yeah, but your most but, great you know, strikes. Another day to be six inches outside the post or whatever. But yeah. it went just where Mr. Kelleher couldn't get to yeah, it. Yeah, but it was a great finish, Lee. And in fairness, Quiven Kelleher done well, I thought, on the he day. He was could, terrific. He couldn't, he be, at terrific, he couldn't yeah. be faulted for either of the Everton well, or the Chelsea goals. I thought in the first half hour, I've been saying this all season, in the first half hour, Liverpool were unplayable. They yeah. were terrific, you know. But this high-tempo game they play is catching up on them. Well, it's hard to maintain yeah, That's it. what I mean. For they nine, can't do for it. For 95 or 96 yeah. minutes every three or four days, yeah. and that's the point. And, and Mr. Toff has been saying that the man that's gone to Manchester United now was the man that invented those tactics. He's going to have a problem trying to reinvent them at mm. Old Trafford. Anything, yeah. anything else on the Chelsea-Liverpool game before we leave it? No. And uh, listen, the big winners were Man City, lads. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Pep you know, the draw ultimately, lads, was no good to either Chelsea oh, or Liverpool. Oh, no. 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 Pep Guardiola would have been sitting back really loving that game, high quality, and the result was exactly what he would have wanted. Um, as I said at the top of the programme it's very hard to make a case for Chelsea or Liverpool now uh, Liverpool play a high intensity game and I think it's caught up with them I mean that's great for cup competitions and maybe for one you know for a season or two but Manchester City have you know 
for every Liverpool are great in every position. Manchester City have a great squad player for every position. They have two or three players for every position. That like there was a time where if you were bringing on a substitute, he might he'd be a, maybe a quality player, but he would be a notch or two below. No, it's almost like for like Liverpool don't have that. And if they're play, you combine that with the intensity and like how can you compete with Manchester City? They're a freak in nature. But, see, but to be fair, lads, the styles are completely different. Manchester City don't play every week at that high intensity which means you know they probably don't get quite the same level of, of injuries they're able to manage their games more you know they're able to they're able to go to a plan B when they're winning 1-0 or 2-0 and see though Liverpool just seem to have to play at that top pace all the time to be at their best lean. and and it's catching up on them it's catching up on them it is and you'd worry with the you know Sadio Mane and Mo Salah going to the African Cup of Nations like how will they like how will they cope without them? But they just don't have the strong uh, the squad depth and it's as simple as that. Um, it's 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 really frustrating. I'm sure for you know fans that once upon a time eighty something points would have you competing for a league and a draw at Stamford Bridge was a good result. Yeah, yeah. Now you can't drop points anywhere. But if you look at Liverpool in recent in the last couple of weeks, they did two all draw away to Spurs and two all draw away to Chelsea. Like they're decent results, Bear. Yeah, but it's just that Man City keep Man City keep winning, you see, so they're making draws look like yeah. look like yeah. defeats, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the problem. Um right. Last night Wolves Manchester United nil Wolves won I can tell you before you start the text, the text machine is hopping on this right, subject go on Liam on you go give us a right. <laughs> give me a few minutes for this yeah. right we'll start off with Dennis evening to you Gemist. Uh, Dennis tell Jim no big ranting about Manchester United's defeat to Wolves last night we want to listen to a balanced programme yeah. when is this programme ever balanced yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Miles has been on now. I, I tell you one thing there wasn't too many Manchester United players with any balance on the pitch last night <laughs> Uh, Miles has been on and I think this is a compliment Jim any chance you could fly over to Old Trafford maybe suggesting you could take the job yeah. uh, United are a disgrace and Conte would have been the main guy for that job well look at that's Miles I, 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 I take that on board but look at I'm going to give first dibs on this one now Bear to you and then on to Liam and I'll have me top and sport then <laughs> but um, this is like did, like I know the text messages are coming in and I know the sneer and then the Liverpool fans and the Chelsea fans and the City fans are loving it and the fair play to them with United fans would be the same if the roles are reversed but this is a big problem Bear, because the quality of players at Manchester United is not good enough yeah well look that Mr Randick or whatever his name is will trust Liam to pronounce it right but I don't think he realised the job he was putting himself in for now I know he's only supposed to be there till the end of the season and then he'll become an advisor or whatever but Manchester United at present are a mess they are a mess and no matter where you look at there's a problem and I don't know who's going to solve it but it's not going to be solved soon and it won't be solved this season, that's for sure. Yeah. Liam? Yeah, you'd almost be sick talking about this subject because yeah. this has been going on not just under Ragnick, not just under Solskjaer, but also Mourinho, Van Hal, and David Moyes. And the common theme is a bad attitude. Um, certain players that are, that are up to a high quality, but other players dragging them down that just don't meet the criteria for Manchester United. But you could understand that in a transitional period how long that transitional period lasts is a different discussion if the effort was there and the right characters were there and effort was being put in but there's a lot of to quote your good self sulkers out there oh. and moaners mm. and it's just when you're winning you can accept it and it's passion but when you're not winning it just looks really really bad and I have a feeling looking in from the outside that dressing room is toxic and it doesn't matter if Mourinho was there or Ant Carlo Ancelotti was there or even Antonio Conte there's no fixing that club 
for the next couple of years until they you know find what they are find out what type of club they are and get the right pros in the dressing room and that's easier said than done like even like you know like everyone knows <clears throat> what Ronaldo is you know and his you know he's a ba- he's a May fan or whatever the Portuguese is for or the Brazilian is for May fan or he is He's a great, he's a top goal scorer. You create the chances for Ronaldo. He'll score. He'll, you know, he'll pull matches out of fire for you. He's not going to roll up his sleeves no. and dig you out of a massive hole in a, in, a, in a battle. You know, obviously Rangnick has, you know, doesn't rate Fernandez. That's not the first time he's left him out. To be fair to Fernandez, you know, and I'm not always, as you know, I can be very critical of him and I continue to be so. Cause, no. But he did make a difference when he came on last night wasn't hard to make a difference because the rest of them were so putrid you know Cavani you know tries and yeah. he runs but lads Mason Greenwood Jaden Sancho Marcus Rashford came on you know Anthony Alanga came on it just goes to show you like you know Jesse Lingard was you know was left on the bench last night he brought on young Alanga but lads Scott McTominay and Nemanja Vizic they wouldn't get on any other team in the Premier League no, I'm not talking about yeah. the top of the Premier oh, they, they wouldn't go on the Norwich team. Yeah. They're useless. And where was McTominay for, could, for um, um, what's his name's goal? The lad that scored the goal. Marie, um, Moutinho. Moutinho. Mm. Where was McTominay? She was supposed to be marking him. Your man had to feed him in the... And you'd be, you'd be telling me... But, now, you might get away with McTominay if you had a world-class player beside him. You might get away with him in some games. But, Bleem... Like these guys are like you. You talked about the quality on show in in Stamford Bridge in the middle of the park on Sunday. Like these boys wouldn't get, get like these guys wouldn't get a game with any other team in the Premier League. But look, uh, uh, Ronaldo and Cavani, um, Cavani, Cavani are. We've said it here umpteen times. We love them. They're great, but they're not the answer to the Manchester United problem. One is thirty six and the other is thirty four. Yeah. So these lads are there to do their best while they're there and they're not going to be there that much longer the answer I don't know what it is but it's I don't think it's a German manager I think Manchester United need a Scottish Irish or English manager traditionally they were the people that always pointed United in the right direction and I know it's it's a, a no brainer but I'd give the job to Roy Keane tomorrow if I had a choice. I think there's a certain man from Nazareth that struggled to manage this, this <laughs> lot. Um, Liam, you know, Phil Jones made his comeback last night. You know, he's a very maligned... He was a really heavily maligned player, even when he was fit and he was playing regularly. I thought he did OK last night, and and, and there's bigger problems at Old Trafford than Phil Jones. Yeah, I I, I think that the, the treatment... Phil Jones is not a world-class player. I don't think that's any secret. But I think that the treatment of Phil Jones at times down through the years has been a disgrace. I mean, even last night, there was a headline faulting Phil Jones for the Wolves' goal. Like, they're literally out to get this guy, and I yeah. just feel so sorry for him. Now, I do have an issue with him. Like, he's been... He hasn't played a Premier League game since January 2020. Surely he should have put pulled up his socks and said I need to go somewhere else and get game time so I would question him on that but just United generally look as Bear alluded to Cavani and Ronaldo aren't the problem aren't the solution long term I think Ronaldo at times his attitude is diabolical but I think he can forgive that because of the quality of player he is and Cavani has been I know he can't play every week because of his age Cavani has been a sensation 
Um, longer term, it's a very hard problem to solve. I'm not sure someone with the temperament like of Roy Keane is the solution. As as intelligent he is and as tactically aware as he is, I don't think he would solve the problem in there. I think he would be too honest, to be honest. But there has an awful lot of money been spent at Manchester United in the last five or six mm. years. We're top-heavy with with attacking players, ineffective attacking players at that. Yeah. But lads, this like, they, what are they going to do? Throw another billion at it and, yeah, and, and you know... Who decides to? Who? You yeah. mean, they've bought... They, they, you could have four forward lines with all the forwards they have. Yeah. And they, they have no idea of a settled team. And they've no central midfielder of any description. Of, of any description is right. Now, at least he has got rid of Fred. <laughs> you know now you know at least, at least he's got rid of Fred but McTominay and Matic have to go as well lads there's no way you'll you'll qualify for the Champions yeah. League with any permutation of those three in the middle of the park Manchester United are supposed to have the best in class and the way they've bought players seemingly looking in from the outside has been abysmal over the past number of transfer uh, windows absolutely it looks like a woman or a man going out in the January sales and going I want that 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 and that yeah. and there's no plan in there whatsoever I will fight with you I fought with you for Bru- with, about Bruno Fernandes for ages. I will defend Scott McTominay. He didn't play well last night, but he has he has done well over the last number of games. He's not the most glorious player to watch, but he's solid. He does a good job. Yeah, I, I Liam, don't think he's the issue. But Liam, Liam, yeah. Liam, solid. That's yeah. not good enough for Manchester United. But you're solid, not going to get no, 11 listen, players solid, of top quality. Solid is um, Southampton or Crystal Palace. That's where solid players play. A much play. more important thing about being solid or being anything last night was the number of times, I'm talking about the whole team now. Yeah, that they gave away the ball. That they gave away the oh, ball. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was, was a mortal. If you saw a young lads team above in the fair green or anywhere mm. losing yeah. the ball that much, you'd be eating them. Oh. Liam. Yeah. What's the text machine telling us? Yeah, I, I'm not finished with Scott oh, McTominay. Sorry, okay. with you. We'll, we'll get to the text. Um, we'll start off with, uh, well, um, one person has been on and they say Wolves have played all big, all the Wolves have played all the big four teams in the last few weeks and have only conceded two goals. And they also give their FA Cup memory. We'll touch on that later. Now this is a long-winded text. Ragnick is the is the highest spoofer around in the game. What was he? What he? What has he honestly done and achieved in the game to warrant the role as Manchester United manager? Players know at this time that he's only there for the short term, so they won't bust bust a gut for him. United will remain in the shadow of City, Liverpool and Chelsea for years to come. The thing is rotten to the core from top to bottom. Well, look at I, I would find it very difficult to disagree yeah, with anything yeah, that texter has yeah, said. I, I, the same here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another person says no Manchester United manager could, sout, could sort out Manchester United. They're a pure disgrace and Miles has been back on and he says uh, we should be on Sky Sports, the pair of us. Well, listen, <laughs> absolutely Miles, absolutely. We're open uh, to negotiations. And I guarantee you one thing, what, what goes on off air here we wouldn't make the mistake that Ralph Keyes and Andy Gray made I can guarantee you that much <laughs> Liam you, you want to you want to bury me with one final Scott McTominay com- uh, comment do you? No uh, look you're going on about you know solid players only belonging for club with clubs like yeah. Southampton and Crystal Palace even the best clubs in the world down through the years haven't always had 11 world class players teams that have won the World Cup don't necessarily have 11 World Cup worthy players that are worthy of winning the World Cup Scott McTominay has had a good run of fixtures he's done good he's done his job and he's done it well he's not been spectacular but I think well, I, I think look, he's the wrong man to pick on well well, look I haven't necessarily picked on him I've just said I, I have said that you might get away with him if there was a world class player play beside him and to yeah. be fair to, you know to, to, to pull the bones out or to pick the bones out of your comment 
you know, you'd probably get away with the McTominays of this world if you did have the, the relevant players around them that the, a club of Manchester United's quality should have Bear, Bear. I cannot see how United are going to finish in fourth place this season. Can you? Under me, I said it here last week. Did, yeah. uh, to me, they're not a candidate for that f- top four position. Absolutely, absolutely. But in saying that, they're still in the mix. And what? like I was amazed when I looked looked at the league yeah. table before the game last night. The fact that they've had such an abysmal run of performances, the results haven't necessarily been terrible, and they're still in the mix. Yeah, and I think McTominay and Luke Shaw picked up yellow cards last night, so they're suspended for the next game. Um, you know, not necessarily world-breaking news or whatever. Like, um, lads, just quickly back to Chelsea. Yeah, something I want to, I meant to bring up. Um, Tuchel is turning into a right little whinge bag, isn't he? For his the the cool German calm <laughs> exterior has uh, has disappeared, and uh, this boy is this boy is cribbing for Europe. <laughs> well, look, he got he got reason. With, with Lukaku's interview and yeah. I could imagine when he saw that first I heard it <laughs> I could just imagine what was said yeah I think that I think that uh, we'll kiss and make up I think somehow or other. Mm. I think if Lukaku was back again he'd keep his mouth shut that interview was done three weeks ago when he may have been feeling a little bit more less wanted than he, than he is now but um, Liam on, on, on the Chelsea thing you know at the beginning of December Chelsea were top of the league they're now you know, looks like gone out of the gone out of the race. Um, is there a danger, lads? Quickly before we go to the break. You know, Abram Abramovich has a track record oh, of yeah, sacking yeah. managers when yeah. they're when when nobody yeah. else would yeah. even consider sacking them. If if they bow out, you know, maybe in the quarter final stage of the Champions League, and they they finish twenty points behind Man City in third place, is Tuchel possibly another Look, victim of Abramovich's? Anybody that ever had that job. Well, no matter what they won, yeah. they were on thin ice. Yeah. Because he is definitely a, a loose cannon. He's liable to fire anybody, you know. Yeah. Liam, what, you know, like he, like, I mean, this guy, Abramovich has sacked managers, you know. For far less. Well, you know, so, I mean, Tuchel would want to be careful because and he's he's not bulletproof there, sure, oh, he's not. Oh, look, he has to be cautious, but I, I think even Roman Abramovich has mellowed over the years. I don't think he's invested, he doesn't seem to be as invested in Chelsea as he was maybe 15 years ago. I, I even, I don't think he would be that ruthless. I think Thomas Tuchel in the circumstances has actually done a very good job. Oh, overall, he definitely yeah. has. It's just, it's top heavy. It all the good stuff happened at the start of but his even, thing. You know. Even in the current predicament, I mean, when you like, it's if you look at the results, it looks fairly bad. But when you take into consideration the injuries and the COVID yeah, cases, yeah, yeah. he's done really well. And I think just back to the, the Lukaku situation, I think Chelsea as a club handled it brilliantly. I mean, Lukaku was the worst attitude or one of the worst attitudes in football. You've seen that at United, sure. Yeah, yeah. But after what he said that could have imploded and I think Chelsea they, they took him out of the situation completely I thought it was the right decision not to even have him in the squad yeah. because if he had warmed up like the fa- that would have got the fans really going and it would have got yeah. the media speculating so and I think, I think they fair- handled it brilliantly. I think in fairness to Tuchel he deserves credit for the way he has handled ah, the Lukaku yeah, he's, situation he's, he's been like it was very really. difficult to leave out your your, your top yeah, one of your yeah. the biggest money signing your your man your go-to man for goals heading into in, heading into I, a, a big I, game yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. he deserves credit for that I just think that uh, 
you know, the pressure is starting to tell and he's <laughs> he's given out about the referees, he's given out about everything. Well, in fairness, if you're, if the, the one rant I saw was after after the Liverpool game was that red card for Sadio Mane and I know Mr. Carragher in the Sky Studio was having none of it but I have to say Thomas Tuchel as frustrated as he came across, he was dead on. If that had happened in the 20th minute rather than yeah. the 20th second, it would have yeah. been a red card. Fair point, fair point. Right, we're a little bit later than normal taking our second ad break. When we come back, we'll be looking back at any, a few... FA Cup memories that well definitely that two of us have anyway I'm not so sure about the young lad behind the behind the the, the screen there Jim Cashin with Offside with Burr Scott and many special guests from the world of soccer 15 seconds into the Community Radio Kilkenny City text line on 086 353 is sponsored by taxback.com do get in touch and a number of people have done on our taxback.com text line um, a very well known Leeds United supporter to, a support, supporter to all of us has been in touch and he says lads were Leeds playing last Sunday had to pop out for a minute and might have missed the positive comments made about Leeds and Nicky my apologies I, we, <laughs> I did it, it, it just we, I actually did have it written down here Leeds and Burnley um, massive massive win That's for Leeds right. and I'll tell you lads what what really um what I what what really caught my eye about it was they went one nil up and Burnley equalised and when Burnley equalised I said oh Jesus like here yeah. we go now here we go but they didn't but they, no. they regrouped they kicked on and they won the game and a massive point three oh, points for Leeds our Leeds are safe yeah I think they'll be yeah. okay I think it look they, you know they're still in danger of being sucked back into it but I, I think when you see when you see the quality that they that they they brought to the to the, to the table at times again Burnley, like surely they'll do that enough times to keep yeah, them up no this way, year. No but I they they so. need to spend a few quid though, lads, and back the manager. I think so. Just while we're on the text, we'll run you down through a few of them. Um, another person says Burr made a great point about United. They should appoint a UK or British Isles manager. Too often clubs appoint uh, these foreign managers with uh, permanent um, who aren't up to the mark. Burr mentioned Roy Keane. Who would Jim like to see? is their next manager oh, I, I don't I, think you'd like to see Roy Keane would you? Ah no I, I, like, I mean but I, I write, I write Keane type uh, type mm. you know I'd look at I'd have to I'd have to put it I'll tell you to that texter let me put a bit of thought into that and I'll tell yeah. you next Tuesday before, night before, before <laughs> next Tuesday night <laughs> and uh, then we're touching on the FA Cup now in just a moment uh, FA Cup memories a few have come into us so uh, we'll just bring you the FA Cup memory that one person um, has he touches on Millwall beating Arsenal in the 90s so that's obviously a personal memory to that texter. Ye obviously have some more um, favourable memories of the FA Cup than I would, lads. Well, Bear, how far back? Like, what's your... Well, look, I, my earliest memory, my father got me good one, was a, he was a sports fanatic, but soccer was his number Man, one. Yeah. And in the, in the when we were living in 24 Upper Patsy Street, that's not today or yesterday, uh, there was no television. So we were the radio. And I barely remember him listening to the 1950 final Arsenal and Newcastle I believe Arsenal won it 2-0 but I wasn't really that pushed about it yeah. but move on a couple of years three years 1953 Blackpool versus Bolton Blackpool had that was the Stanley Matthews this was it yeah. this was the one that hooked me on Blackpool and soccer and the thing was they had been beaten in two cup finals in 48 by Manchester United and 51 by Newcastle. This was their third chance. And with 20 minutes to go, they were 3-1 down again Bolton. And Stanley took over. 
and they got three goals in the last they got the last one in the very last minute you know, South African Bill Perry but Matthews supplied the ball and that was my earliest real memory and yeah. my greatest memory of the FA Cup well, my, my main earliest memory and it definitely is the one was the 1977 final between United and Liverpool and you have to realise Liam first of all lads of your vintage don't realise the FA Cup final was probably the only live match we got to see from yeah. one end of the season to the other there was no Sky Sports right match of the day it'd be on the Saturday night and the big match would be on maybe on the Sunday lunchtime but you were only seeing snippets of games to actually see an actual yeah. full game then every four years if the World Cup was on you'd see but at the 1977 Cup final and I'll never forget Stuart Pearson put United in front and then Jimmy Case equalised for Liverpool and uh, United got probably the pocket one of the poxiest goals ever to win an FA Cup final Lou McCarry took a shot that hit off of Jimmy Greenhoff's yeah. chest and looped in over Ray Clements but uh, that was a great quickly for five or six or seven minutes to go here's an FA Cup teaser and we'll give the I'll give the answer to lads um, um, the, in Villa done it in 81 and Sunderland done it in 79 but who done it in 80 so Sunderland done it in in 79 Villa done it in 81 who done it in 80 I'll give you the answer in a few minutes I Liam, have no hope Liam <laughs> give, you must have I know you're you, you know the FA Cup to a young man of your age the FA Cup doesn't have the same significance as it has to, yeah. to no, lads no, like no, myself and Bear. just as you mentioned that now you see in our day Liam wouldn't remember this but there was only the first division and the FA Cup that was the double and it was only done once, you know, in all the years. Spurs done it in 61 after I don't know how many years. Yeah. Then it has been done by... Ah, yeah, but Arsenal done know, it in 71. Yeah, but, but they were the only tournaments. There was none of these Caribou Cups or League Cups or there was nothing. Champions League didn't start until in the 60s and the late 50s, early 60s. But it has lost its spot. But... Mm. Oh, it was massive. It was nearly. It was nearly bigger than. It was nearly bigger it, to win the it, FA Cup league than it was to win the league. It was like the All Ireland, and the league was like the National Hurling League. Yeah, That's yeah. the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. But the FA Cup was, was the, the FA. Well, have you any memories for us, Liam? Have you I any do. contribution to see, make? You see, they're not as special to me as they would be to you. Like I mean, from a completely bitter point of view, Jermaine Beckford not knocking United out of the third round at Old Trafford in two thousand and eight for Leeds United. Yes, yeah. before Nicky takes in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, have you got any? You know that. Have you anything that's not? You know, anti-United <laughs> bias. Yeah. Well, it's more grievances because look, I know I'm. A, everyone knows I'm a Liverpool supporter. Rafa won it in two thousand and six and. Since then, Liverpool haven't had much success in it. So, but that one in two thousand and six—that's a special one. That was the mm. Steven Gerrard final. Yeah. He scored some goal that day. I that like they were dead and buried Liverpool against West Ham yeah. that day. And he, in the last minute, he mm. scored some goal. Well, I mean, my grie my grievance is more with the cup. Andy Carroll's ruled out goal against Chelsea in twenty twelve. Uh, third round disasters along the way as well. FA Cup semi final defeat to Villa. It's all disappointments of your Liverpool. Fan. I remember. I remember when United won the cup in AC. Three, wasn't it? Eighty-three, the year that Norman Whiteside 
was that the wait no was that 83 or 85 Kevin Moran got sent off United won the cup in 83 I think was it and the following season Bournemouth knocked him out in the third round and Harry Redknapp was managing Bournemouth that was the start of Harry yeah. Redknapp's uh, manager I think it was 84 that Bournemouth bet United mm. in the third uh, round another, the cup. United were the holders another cup final that sticks in my memory is no, 80, 83 was United bet Brighton after a replay remember that they should have been bet the first day and they won the replay handy yeah. the one the Busby Babes that on 68 after the crash after the crash yeah. they got to the final and uh, Nat Lofthouse the man who was playing for Bolton the day Stanley won the game for Blackpool but he was the man the goalkeeper was injured Ray Wood had to go off that time you couldn't put in a goal Jackie Blanchler who was playing centre half for United ended up having to go in goal and sure as it was they nearly won it Peter McParland I'm sorry I'm mixing that up now with the Aston Villa one but, yeah. but the thing was it's Peter Parr, that was the day that Ray Wood got injured. Mm. And listen, I, I have payback for your Jermaine, uh, your Jermaine Beckford story. Here we go. 1988, Wimbledon won, Liverpool oh. Laurie <laughs> Sanchez. And I'll give you a quick one on that. The same day, I was going, we, we were playing minor football for Kilkenny in the first round of the Leinster Football Championship up in Drogheda. Up again, we were playing loud in the first round of the Leinster Championship. Needless to say, we didn't have to worry about the second round. But anyway, <laughs> we, but I'll never forget the bus was stopping on the way up to get a bit of grub, and we had to we got to see the, the a bit of the, the, the Liverpool Wimbledon game that day. And uh, all I can say to my Liverpool fan friends is, you're fair lucky there was no mobile phones or social media that day. Would that have been the crazy gang era? Oh, it was, yeah, 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 yeah. Laurie Sanchez. I do, I do have two positive memories. <laughs> Jeez, I'm giving away my age when I'm when these are childhood memories. Yeah. Uh, I, I re the first FA Cup final I remember was the Everton Chelsea 2008. I think it was, and I think it was the fastest FA Cup final goal in history. Uh, Louis Saha. No, or was it, it was no, it was Roberto Di Matteo. No, didn't he score no. the fastest goal for for well, Chelsea against Middlesbrough? Yeah. No, M maybe yeah. the goal I remember was after just 25 seconds, and I think it was Louis Louis Saha. And of course, Wigan in 2013, the Ben Watson header. I, that was special and you know the real underdog story yeah. any other quick one for us for the FA oh, Cup should we could go on for the night yeah, the day Brady won the Cup for Arsenal again United uh, that was 17 that, was, that yeah. was 79 that was another special that was 79 yeah. Liam quickly the, the FA Cup memories are flying in on our taxback.com text line um, one person says Wrexham knocking out Arsenal in Did the it? third round Mickey Thomas scored yep. a goal for Wrexham yeah. uh, yeah. what a player very underrated says that texter uh, Leeds v Chelsea in 1970 real soccer says Richie yeah, and uh, then finally on the FA Cup subject, Paul says when West Ham won the FA Cup in 1980, they did, yeah, and that's the but the, the and that and that quickly leads on to me my question: Sunderland done it in '79, Villa done it in '81, who done it in '80? Yeah. In 1979, Alan Sunderland scored a winning goal in the FA Cup final. 1981, Ricardo Villa for Spurs scored the winning goal in the FA Cup final so the answer is Brooking Trevor Brooking in 1980 won the scored the winning goal in the FA Cup final for West Ham they beat Arsenal 1-0 the same day I remember it well remember it well lads as always the hour has caught up with us um, we thanks ev uh, thank everyone who sent in a text we, we apologise we couldn't get to them all we'll be back again next Tuesday night Bear thanks a million Liam thanks very much pleasure lads Kevin Lafar is next good night and God bless